back on the WMAY morning news feed. Jim Leach in for Greg Bishop. But even though Greg Bishop is not here, the council roundup is full city council meeting last night. It started with zoning and things got off the rails pretty quickly, actually, in the zoning discussion. We got the first sense of um, the tone of the meeting pretty early on with a uh, zoning proposal related to an apartment complex in Ward 8, Alderwoman Erin Conley's ward. Something they've been working on for a number of weeks now and a lot of different neighborhood groups and things have been involved in discussions on this. Alderwoman Conley said the deals come together, everybody's on board, uh, but Ward 7 Alderman Joe McMenamin wasn't buying it because a representative of the Neighborhood Association was not there at the meeting, so he wasn't convinced they were okay with it, despite Alderwoman Conley's assurances that, that everybody was uh, was fine. And so uh, Alderman McMenamin is grilling her uh, about this and, you know, did she check with everybody and who she talked to? And uh, as you can hear, it didn't sit all that well with Alderwoman Conley. Alderwoman Conley, when was your last conversation with the Historic Westside Neighborhood Association? Last week. Last week. And who's the president? Of that? That's Gary. And so, he's at the meeting with us. And when was the agreement reached, the final agreement? Today. About 2.30. Okay. Did I, you attempt to call the Historic Westside Neighborhood Association after the final agreement was reached? No, Joe. I actually have a, um, another daytime activity, my job, so I was not okay. able to reach out to them. <laughs> you know, I have a job, Joe. Uh, you know, it, And what was fascinating about this is that uh, not a, a minute or so after that, suddenly Erin uh, Conley and Kristen DeCenzo both getting texts from members of the neighborhood association saying, "Yeah, we 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 know about it. We're on board. It's all good. We can we can go ahead with this." Uh, but uh, you know, again, Alderwoman Conley uh, did not really seem at all to appreciate being uh, lectured or grilled on this by Alderman McMenamin, uh, and so you heard that she got a little bit short with him, and that didn't sit too well with Alderman McMenamin either. In response, okay, well, I think that's all wonderful and great, and. Alderwoman Conley, since you're calling me Joe, I guess I'll call you Aaron. I think uh, Daryl and Sharon Riffey were really involved in this. And That's just, who uh, I called on the way down uh, here. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you can respond after I'm done. All right, so uh, that's kind of, you know, setting the tone for the meeting last night. But actually, things went from bad to worse. We really kind of got off the rails in zoning uh, as the alderman started to go through uh, a, a, a renovation of a near downtown property. But not everybody was on the same page, literally. Um, so it's going to provide more affordable housing downtown, which I think is a hot this point. This is a different one. This is, this is not 850 that one. 850 South 4th. 850 South 4th. 850 South 4th. I just got ahead of me, too. Well, that, is that what you're seeking to? So this is Mathers Road. No. What he read was 850 South 4th. Yeah, yeah I read. Yeah. You're speaking to 850 South 4th. Correct, yeah. Right. South yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what we're on. Just hold that thought for a minute. It's the same. It's, it's not on our agenda. Continue. Yeah, that, that was the key point right there from Alderwoman Kristen DeCenzo. It's not on our agenda. Aldermen get a whole big stack of paperwork with all the zoning petitions on it, uh, and they had the that 
particular property on South 4th uh, in their paperwork, and that's what the gentleman was up there discussing uh, about his plans to renovate that property. Uh, but any of the aldermen who were looking at the agenda were confused because somehow, we're not really clear how, it got left off the agenda. So they were there. They had the full discussion on the zoning proposal. The property owner is there. He's looking for permission to go ahead. Uh, and they suddenly realize, oh, we, we can't go ahead. As Corporation Counsel Jim Zirkel explains, it's not on the agenda. We can't take action. I do notice from the council agenda that the 031 or 021-031 is actually not listed on the agenda. So what we should probably do is uh, basically hold that over, not take action since it's not published on the agenda, uh, and hold that for the next meeting. Is that going to hold you up? It's uh, my understanding that yeah. it was posted uh, outside the clerk's office. So does that qualify? Well, it's not on this. It's not on the council agenda for action tonight. Okay. So I would be concerned about a potential uh, question if there would be a challenge of uh, uh, compliance with Open Meetings Act, because in order to take formal action, uh, it should be listed on the agenda or have appeared on a previous agenda and postponed to a date certain. Yeah, and again, no real explanation as to why it didn't make it on the agenda, how that happened. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth about can we just do a special meeting next week ahead of the Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole meeting, since all the aldermen will be there anyway, just to declare a special meeting for this project. Uh, Jim Zirkel says, well, uh, yeah, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, if it ha hasn't been on an agenda or hasn't been previously brought up, uh, or if it has been brought up and we said we're going to deal with it at a sp specific date, we have to do it on that date we can't do it before so they're looking to see they might do a special meeting on it for this one particular parcel or might have to wait a couple of weeks the property owner to his credit was very nice about it and said yeah i'm not gonna start you know the work on it tomorrow or anything so if you need another couple of weeks okay but a bit of an embarrassing snafu for the city council there fortunately that was pretty much it for the hiccups in the zoning portion of the meeting last night and then we got to the agenda proper one of the first big items that came up for discussion was this uh, roughly $5 million or so in vehicle purchases. They want to get a lot of different police cars. There's a couple of uh, big ticket uh, fire department uh, vehicles uh, as part of this as well. Uh, and uh, we won't have clips uh, from that discussion because they talked about the fire department vehicles specifically later. Uh, really expensive vehicles. It's also going to take like more than a year to uh, to get them. And one of them is uh, essentially what they call a platform truck. It used to be called a, a ladder truck. And it's replacing uh, a truck that it has essentially it's 20 years old. And it just it's just not usable anymore for that function. And the fire department you know, is really kind of getting down to in, in a couple of these key pieces of equipment. They're getting out of their last legs on it. And it's going to take a, a year to get these new vehicles. So they really wanted to get moving on this quickly. But before we could do that, we had to have a little bit more discussion about how this all came together. And it was Alderman McMenamin again who was down into the weeds of how some of this is going to be paid for. They've got a complicated way to um, allow spending on purposes where the revenue isn't at the projected 4% rate of growth. Correct. So I'm just making a recommendation that if our corporate fund from the usual revenue sources does not grow at 4%, 
then we could possibly put in more than 1% or take, get more than 1% into the equipment fund by pulling money from the American Rescue Fund monies to make up the shortfall of that 4%. I know people out there don't know what I'm talking about, but I think Director, you do, and maybe Mary, you do. So I'm just saying there may be some additional ways to supplement our Fund 94. Oh, no, I understand. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, Alderman Sean Gregory. He's like, no, hey, I understand what you're talking about. Some of the other aldermen are like, no, we know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm kind of with Alderman McMenamin on this. I had no idea what the <laughs> the hell he was talking about uh but he seemed to understand it uh, city budget director bill mccarty seemed to understand it and agreed with the alderman so uh they're looking at ways to be able to maximize the utilization of those american rescue fund monies to be able to uh, make some of these equipment purchases and get some of these um, vehicles that uh, that desperately need to happen as i mentioned they uh, they did a, a separate uh, vote on the fire department vehicles specifically it's part of this pool of money but they wanted to uh, push ahead to approve the contract to get that purchase started because number one again it's going to take almost a year to get those vehicles but also the the uh, company from which they're buying them is going to be instituting some kind of a, a surcharge effective august 1st bill mccarty says if we can get this purchase made before then the city will literally save tens of thousands of dollars on the uh, multi-million dollar fire department vehicle purchase. So uh, that was um, hurriedly uh, put in place and approved later on in the meeting. So um, the fire department is in process of getting those vehicles, but they're going to have to wait a while until they arrive. Uh, 217-629-7970 is the number, but uh, don't call it just yet because we've got more council roundup on the way. A couple of more key agenda items and uh, things that Alderman took action on last night, and we'll have more of that discussion coming up. And we're going to actually split the roundup into uh, two parts today because uh, we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about something that came up in new business, I guess technically more accurately old business, at, at the end of the meeting when Alderman Andrew Proctor once again raised the issue of homelessness and the problems that some of the homeless individuals around the community are causing in the area. And we want to spend a little bit more time talking about that because there's a lot to get to in all of that. So uh, that'll be after 8 o'clock this morning. And in between the two halves of the roundup, Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell joins us at about 740. And more council roundup is on the way next here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. We've got more of the Council Roundup now here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Jim Leachin for Greg Bishop, Springfield City Council, full council meeting last night. You'll recall at last week's Committee of the Whole meeting, some questions were raised about a small business loan program with uh, Mayor Jim Langfelder once again turning to a St. Louis-based company, Justine Peterson, a micro lender that specializes in these sorts of programs. But some of the aldermen felt like um, maybe the company was a, a little unresponsive, a little hard for some local businesses to deal with. So Alderwoman Erin Conley, among others, was looking for some reassurances before they gave final approval to that contract to Justine Peterson. I'm sure I know you've been told that there were some questions um, at the Committee of the Whole yes, around this, this proposal. I understand there's an agreement in place with the um, Black Chamber of Commerce to yes, provide additional supports for outreach. 
That's correct, yes. And that, that, that has been signed, is that correct? That's correct. That's an executive with Justine Peterson confirming that the company will work with the local Black Chamber of Commerce to identify minority-owned businesses and uh, eligible small businesses that could benefit from this just to make sure that the uh, the, the benefits of this program are uh, are being spread around equitably. And with those assurances, then the, uh, the agreement went forward. Small Business Administration putting money uh, money into this and several uh, of the big local banks also uh, putting up funds uh, that they will uh, uh, commit to loaning out uh, in these relatively low interest loans to small businesses to uh, help them uh, get on their feet again. Uh, the other major piece of legislation before the council last night was this $75,000 deal to hire a, a city lobbyist. And it was always a bit of a nebulous thing. It was like, yeah, we're, we need a lobbyist for stuff. Uh, and $75,000 seems like a, a good uh, amount of money, but there hadn't really been a discussion about you know, who might do this or what they might do. And so when the ordinance came up for a final vote last night, it was Alderwoman Kristen Desenzo who said, we, we need to, to pin this down just a little bit more. I have some concerns, as do some other alder people, um, about the fact that this is just spending authority. And when I wrote the ordinance and submitted it to Corporation Council, I had some stipulations in there. And those didn't make it onto this ordinance. Um, the way I saw this hashing out was we would hire one lobbyist, mm -hmm. um, and that person, whoever that person was that was chosen or put in their a bid, that would be approved by the council. Right. Um, and then last week, some discussions were kind of, well, maybe we could hire this lobbyist for this and that lobbyist for that. And that's not really what a municipal lobbyist does. They, they lobby for the whole city um, and for all parts of the city. So um, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here and that we're not you know, doing $20,000 contracts for one lobbyist and um, you know, another $20,000 contract for another lobbyist. And uh, with that, uh, she then made a motion to amend the ordinance. It was amended, so it looks like it'll be just a uh, single contract, $75,000. Uh, we still are ways to go from having that uh, designated lobbyist. The mayor will have to come up with a request for proposal, which will have to send out, and the council will have to sign off on that. And then ultimately, when they get somebody to uh, agree to that, the council will have to approve that contract as well. But time's of the essence. They really need to have somebody in place by the fall veto session for the legislature in October because, among other things, that green energy bill that could have dramatic implications for the future of city water, light, and power could be up, and they want somebody who can make the city's case before lawmakers. So clock is running, uh, but the city is on its way to uh, trying to get themselves uh, uh, an official city lobbyist hired. Uh, again, that was the meat of the uh, actual agenda from the council last night. After, after that was done, then they went through old business, new business, and a few items came up there, one of which was once again the issue of homelessness and raising some uh, big and interesting and even some constitutional questions, which we'll delve into after 8 o'clock this morning. Yeah, we're going to do a little extra council roundup this segment. Just one clip to play, and then I want to get your calls to talk about the issue being raised as it has for the last several weeks at council meetings as we continue to have an ongoing debate 
about homelessness in Springfield and about the fact that some of the homeless individuals and individuals who are going around asking for money, whether it's on downtown streets or out in the median of busy streets in Springfield, they're creating a real nuisance in the eyes of some aldermen and some in the community. It was Alderman Andrew Proctor who raised the issue last night with an ominous warning about what might be looming for downtown if the city doesn't address this problem sooner rather than later. I just got bad news that uh, one of our more historic businesses of probably about 100 years is probably going to close if we don't get this corrected. And it's just it's disheartening to hear things like that from somebody who's invested their entire life in, you know, a business like that and then to have that be torn away because of we're balancing the rights of well basically who they're out there begging for cigarettes, begging for money, begging for pot. It's not right. Um, when does the balance of their right conflict with the balance of the rest of the community to operate a business successfully or not be harassed to go into a business in downtown? It's just getting to a point where I feel like maybe they're most likely not homeless, but they're, they're, they're using it and they're abusing it to a point to where it's causing other hardships throughout the community. And we're not going to have a downtown left in five to ten years if this just continues. Not going to have a downtown left is Alderman uh, Proctor's contention. Uh, I asked him last night um, if he could elaborate on what uh, business uh, might be shutting its doors. He didn't want to say uh, specifically and uh, direct me to you know the business, which I'll try to reach out to them. Uh, uh, said a business of more than 100 years. Not that many, uh, obviously, downtown, particularly in the vicinity of the cannabis dispensary, which is what they were uh, talking about. Uh, this is uh, something that they're now seeing. Uh, not only do we have people down panhandling for money, but also panhandling for pot. Uh, that as customers come out of the dispensary, they're saying, hey, can you can you share some of what you just purchased? Uh, and so the discussion uh, carried on in that vein with a, a couple of different uh, approaches. Uh, one was asking, you know, hey, can we you know regulate at least that since cannabis is a highly regulated, regulated drug, but, you know, it's also a legal drug if you're an adult. And if an adult wants to give somebody else a legal substance, eh, they, they can kind of do so. Uh, then there was a lot of discussion about, you know, can we – regulate just the practice of panhandling downtown, which we've been through this already uh, because the city tried this with an ordinance a few years back and they got taken to court and they got soaked for about $300,000 because it was found to be unconstitutional. Government cannot regulate the content of speech. You have the right to go downtown and you have the right to say to somebody, hey, can you give me a dollar? or $5, or your marijuana, or whatever it might be. You don't have the right to threaten people. You don't have the right to harass people. But you do have a right to ask people. And they've got a right to ignore you or say no or to say beat at your bum or whatever. Uh, but you, you cannot uh, have a law that regulates the content of speech, which is exactly what this did. 
Uh, and that didn't stop Simone from saying, well, can, can we find you know some way around that? And the answer is well, no, because we have a First Amendment to the Constitution. Uh, there was even discussion at one point uh, about can we turn the sidewalks over to the private business business owners uh, in downtown. So if you've got a, a downtown business, uh, right now the sidewalk is a public right-of-way. The city owns and maintains it, uh, and you have uh, all of your public rights there, including the right to free speech. And because that's a, a public space, the government cannot regulate your speech there. But a private business could. So there was discussion, and this is, according to the debate last night, something that was being uh, and is being actively discussed about turning sidewalks over to private businesses because then it's part of their property and they can say, hey, get the hell off my sidewalk with your panhandling. Now, I, I see a, a lot of potential problems with that. You know, do businesses really now want to be in charge of maintaining the sidewalk, which they now own? It's part of their property as opposed to the, the city's property at that point. And do they want to be, you know, responsible and liable for whatever happens on the sidewalk there, too? So uh, I, I would think that that is just fraught with unintended consequences and problems. But this gives you an idea of the, the lengths to which city officials are kind of tearing their hair out trying to deal with this. And one thing we heard more than any other in this discussion last night is somebody's got to do something. This, of course, coming from the people who were elected to do something uh, about issues that affect the quality of life in our community. And as I mentioned, this discussion was not just about the downtown panhandling. It was also about the, the people who uh, are out all day, every day, uh, at major intersections. And a lot of times they're standing out in the median. Maybe they're standing on a corner on a busy street. They've got their signs, homeless, need some help, please give a little, et cetera. And, and that's creating some traffic problems uh, that, you know, again, you've got people who are stopping, slowing down to give them money. You've got uh, individuals who are crossing very busy streets to assume their position on the median. As uh, I've talked about before on my show, it seems a lot of times they're working in shifts because you never really see two of these uh, folks, you know, both vying for the, the same piece of turf. One person works it for a while and then they leave, but there's immediately somebody to take their place, almost like they've got a schedule. Uh, and so there was discussion about this as well. How do we uh, address that? And one of the things that's apparently also being talked about is, you know, again, very tough to regulate the content of speech or regulate somebody's ability to hold up a sign saying, can you give me money? But you could potentially ticket drivers who slow down or in any way impede the flow of traffic to be able to give them cash. And so that is something, again, that is apparently at least under some consideration at City Hall, is do we uh, try to enforce it from that angle to uh, discourage the um, ability of people to give money to these folks, which means they'll eventually give up and get off of those corners and things. 217-629-7970. Anybody got any ideas? Because I, I got to tell you, we had a, a very thorough detailing of the problem last night. Didn't get a whole lot of uh, 
brainstorms about how we address it. Uh, and the degree of difficulty is, of course, again, this is city government wanting to do this. And as a unit of government, they have to abide by the Constitution. They have to follow the First Amendment. Uh, and, and they should. You're on WMAY. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Um, two things. One, you, you can really slow it down and possibly stop it. It's like, you know, don't feed a stray cat or it just keep coming back, you know. So you just don't give them any money, and, and, and that would stop. They wouldn't be out there if they wasn't getting you know, a payout at the end. Yeah. So that's one way. Well, but but, um, but, yeah, it, but let me let me take that one, one step at a time here, because there are people out there who uh, genuinely feel for individuals who are out there asking for money. Some of these folks are genuinely troubled. They're genuinely in need. They have addiction problems. They have health problems. They have whatever problems there are. And people are like, I- I'm not going to stop being generous. I'm not going to stop trying to help my fellow man. Well, you let those people know I'm also needy, and they can send their money to my address. So if they want to be generous, Well, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the tongue-in-cheek sentiment, but, you know, let's face it, you're not. <laughs> you're, you're not needy, but some people <laughs> genuinely are. I know. So, But I'm being serious, you know. People, like, we see need in our community, and it's, it's all well and good that you get upset because people are inconvenient or they're an eyesore, but they're also people with genuine needs. So I, I think yeah, the notion of just telling, telling people, you know, d- don't, uh, don't have any compassion for your fellow man is probably a non-starter. Right. Well, just give it to shelters where, where it should all start for those people who are in need. You know, give it to homeless shelters or the Salvation Army and places like that. Okay. Um, that's where the money is more needed. Another thing with the property downtown, I work downtown and I see this a lot. There are a few, um, I would say, properties that for some reason, I don't know if it's that they got money or what, but their sidewalks um, are theirs because their property extends underneath the sidewalk. So they claim that the sidewalk is also theirs. So I don't know if the city can, if that is true for one, and if the city could look into that, if the buildings uh, have like an extended basement that does go under the sidewalk, then is that their property or the city's property? So uh, I don't know if that's a true statement from these property owners, but there are a few that, that that's their argument. I, I don't know either, but but like I said, I'm not sure as a business owner I would want to be responsible for the sidewalk. If somebody, you know, trips and breaks their leg on the sidewalk and that's my property, now suddenly my insurance has to pay for it. Uh, I, I, I think that probably creates more problems than it does solutions for, for businesses. And do businesses really want to now have to be the one in charge of shooing everybody away uh, from the vicinity of their business when right now that's the city's responsibility to do something about it? Well, I mean, that's what's going on, though. There, there's a couple of them down there that, that that happens. And I don't understand why they get that privilege to shoot people away and others don't. I appreciate the call. 217-629-7970 is the number. Uh, you can always email me, jimleachow at hotmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook uh, and add your comment to the uh, show thread there. Uh, because the, the next great idea we have for dealing this may well be the first great idea we have for dealing with it because it it is just a very complex problem and uh it it seems intractable really uh there's got to be an answer to it somewhere but we are really struggling to find it you're on wmay uh, turn your radio on please and go ahead you're on the air yeah i got i mean i i worked with this guy and he would Say he made more staying in on a corner than he would at work. I mean, 
if people would stop handing out money to all the addicts, then maybe it would help them get off. But... Well, I I mean, I I think that's a (laughs) kind of a simplistic view uh, to say, well, if we just don't, uh, you know, help an addict get food for the day, they won't be an addict anymore. It's not really realistic. Well, I mean, there's food banks, but I mean, you know, I mean, you're giving them the funds to go feed it. So what are they going to do? Well, maybe, or maybe you're giving them the funds to get some food for the day, too. I mean, I, I listen, I get what you're saying, and in, in a perfect world, yeah, we would just simply tell uh, people, get some help and get your act together, and they would, and everything would be hunky-dory, but life is generally more complicated than that. 217-629-7970, you're on WMAY. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jim. Uh, you were talking to a professional. It is called a 517. That's a police code for it. Soliciting rides and/or business in a public roadway, from the sidewalk, that that grass, uh, all that, and then the road. If you stand in the grass, that's a public roadway. You can stand on the sidewalk, right. and you're all right. Right. Well, and that's but if what, you step into what, what the grass. Well, we're talking about downtown. Being in there, the roadway. There, we're talking about downtown. There's not a lot of grass downtown. Uh, we're talking about people well, who are standing downtown, on the sidewalk. I, I agree. Needs cleaned up. I mean, seriously. And we're, and we're talking about people standing in the median at these major intersections, too. Yes, and that's that's me. Uh, I got beat up by a state cop. I received a broken bone in my ankle because it's a nice guy. So, yeah, I stand in the median. Do I do it all day, every day? No. And as far as uh, taking shifts, mm-hmm. there is some truth to that because that, that, that keeps violence down because there's people out there who beat your to you know right get their turn right um and, and so uh, and, you, so you've and, done and this hey, you've been you've been out there on the corners or on the median uh lo- looking for money why did you go that route uh depression and alcoholism uh what did that am, money allow you to do did did you use it to buy you know, more one of booze the first things i would do was go to wendy's yeah to get some food yeah uh, what what do I need to go to a food bank for to get a pot roast when I don't have a place to live, but a abandoned house? Well, I mean, you got like the the bread line that will give people meals. You know, they're on the spot too. Uh, you know, so there there are resources for actual food. You heard the last caller say, you know, that some somebody in in a situation like yours with an addiction issue, uh, they feel like that money's just going to go to buy drugs or to buy booze. And that is not the case. Some of it does, you, you, yeah. I'm I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you you you, but you use some of that money for booze. I I I got to feel right. confident I, I, on I that. I need a new pair of socks. Yeah. Things like that. And not everybody wants to go to the bread line or to other resources around town and be sucked into more depression. Hmm. Yeah, we got yeah. our own problem. I'm trying to stay away from that. I understand. That's why you go to the outskirts of town. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate you calling in this morning because uh, it's important to get that insight. We don't often get to hear uh, that side of the story. So thank you for the call. 217-629-7970, the number. It's not an easy problem uh, and <laughs> definitely not easy solutions available to it.